Bye. <laughs> like wild card? Is there like, can, we, can we come back? <laughs> ah, a cruel, cruel. And Tim actually asked for this matchup, which is really ironic. You can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, you might find you get what you need. Hello, fellow Powderhounds, and welcome to the Powderhounds Podcast, the Ski Trivia Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Shaw. You can follow me on Twitter at PowderhoundSkis. You can also email me at PowderhoundSkiTrivia at gmail.com for comments, questions, or corrections. This episode will get you excited to plan your next group ski trip. I am joined by four of my favorite people on the slopes, Kate, Mary, Tim, and Mike, who were fresh off from returning from a week skiing in France at one of the biggest ski complexes in the world. We talk the current ski season, past ski trips to Tahoe, Jackson, Steamboat, the Roaring Fork, Big Sky, and others to set the table for the third annual Mogul Madness Bracket Challenge. This bracket challenge comes with a twist. The winning ski area will be the group ski trip location next winter season. Well, at least the winner will provide a compelling option. The music inspiration for the episode is the Rolling Stones, mainly because the name of an album, 40 Licks, remember the number 40 friends, and their iconic song, You Can't Always Get What You Want, is a kind of perfect nod to the early exit of a favorite ski area in the Bracket Challenge. A handful of puns are scattered throughout the episode, two hidden theme bonus questions connect all the dots, a kind insult to other ski family friends, Paul, K.O., and he who must not be named, plus signature trails, opera ski toppers, and much more are all covered. So sit back, kick your feet up, Relax and enjoy the experience of everything skiing and riding Powderhounds. Sources for today's episode, the book, 100 Slopes of a Lifetime, powderhounds.com, skibums.net, skicentral.com, falthorens.com, and various ski area trail maps and websites. I'm literally reveling in the stoke by welcoming to the show not just one not just two not just three but four guests and not just any guests but part of the new england powderhounds family kate mary mike and tim welcome to the show thank you thanks jeff still good to have you here so listeners get to know you a bit. Let's do some intros with a quick lightning round. We're going to kick it off with Kate. I see you first. How long have you been skiing or riding and where did you start? 
Um, not going to tell you my age, but 35 years, yikes, started my ski journey <laughs> at a small little Connecticut-based mountain, Ski Sundown. Would you say Ski Sundown is your favorite ski area or would it be somewhere else? Oh, not my favorite ski area. A lot of memories, a lot of good times, a lot of learning. Uh, not my fave. My favorite, my favorite Vermont Hill is Okemo, pretty epic. But mm -hmm. love Big Sky. Really love Big Sky. Nothing wrong with that answer. How about your favorite terrain at Big Sky or Okemo? Bumps, glades, groomers, steeps, all of the above? Loving all of the above, but can't go wrong with a good groomer on a bluebird day. <laughs> is there a better, I don't know, is there a better day? Well, actually, that's the next question. What's the perfect day? Is it that bluebird day on a groomer? Is it first chair? Is it 10 runs by 10 a.m.? Is it a blizzard? Ooh, 10 runs by 10 a.m. sounds pretty sweet, but on a bluebird day. I also feel like your question is kind of like a Miss Congeniality movie question. Like, what's the perfect <laughs> date? And I feel like her response would be April something, but now I can't get that out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to definitely not come back, but we will. Uh, <laughs> final question, lightning round, bucket list destination. I know you just got back from maybe one. Would love to do Niseko. Ooh, Japan. Yeah. Japan. Okay. We will uh, hopefully okay. come back to that in a future episode. All right. Next up, let's go with Mary. I also see you hiding there. How long have you been skiing and where did you start? I have been skiing for 32 years with some breaks in between and started off at the Balsams up in Coas County, New Hampshire, which has been closed for quite some time. And if you've been reading up, they have some big plans to reopen up there, but it has been getting stalled lately. Well, Les Otten apparently was on a different podcast, which is totally fine. We're here to cross promote the wonderful niche that is ski media. Uh, and he was actually pretty excited and think he said maybe they could even within a, two years be spinning a lift. Obviously a lot of development, but that's really exciting. I did not know that he had some balsams experience. Yeah, that's where I learned. Now, would you say that is your favorite ski area, despite it being lost? <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> I would say none in New England. I love Big Pow in Big Mountain. So my favorite right now is Telluride. I fell in love with it when I was there. That's right. That was two seasons ago. The Canyon. I think you did a road trip. You hit yes. a few places, right, along that? I did, yes. Telluride was one of them. So uh, what would you say is your best terrain, your favorite terrain at Telluride? The open bowls, without Bars. a doubt. Yep. And your perfect ski day, miscongeniality or not? <laughs> what would that look like? Perfect ski day is, it doesn't have to be first chair, but one of the first chairs. Bluebird day powder just hitting it hard eating on the lift because you don't want to stop skiing that kind of day yes pocket pb and j's <laughs> love it all right well, you named a lot of great ski areas what's the bucket list destination or are it's, there yeah, many you know i'm gonna i'm gonna repeat what kate said with japan okay. that's been on my list for a long time yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, we got Jim, uh, right? We got another member of the ski family that I think spent some time in Japan this past uh, season. So we will have to get a little, a little recap, a little debrief from him. 
All right, Mr. Tim, I think you are next. Same questions. All right. All right. Now, you, uh, how long have you been riding? And actually, I did look this up because I should also note that Tim is a returning champion to the podcast. He was just for our Aspen episode way back in 2020. And you said, correct me if I'm wrong, you were a skier before a rider, started in third grade. Yep. Your home mountain was Jiminy Peak. Jiminy, that's right. But not not where I first skied. First skied in uh, a friend's backyard. Uh, but that was it. the first first resort. All right. That's where it started. How about your favorite ski area now? Oh, man. Jackson Hole, I think, is definitely up there. Just crazy, awesome terrain, laid back uh, attitude. Loved it. Would, would definitely go back there. All Big right. Sky is a, a second, close second. Favorite terrain at either Jackson Hole or Big Sky? <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, versatility and like being able to spice it up. So, you know, some some blue groomers when you're tired, but some nice backcountry. Uh, I think I'm I'm known as like the mountain goat, and I love hiking for yes. really good terrain. So that that would be my uh, first couple of days, and then once I'm tired, I'll uh, I'll I'll stick to the blues. I remember you leading the charge at Steamboat, but then also hearing about, I think you're leading a hiking charge at Aspen Highlands. So that, uh, that all sounds yeah. quite familiar. <laughs> right. And maybe Loved it so much else. I had to do it again. <laughs> Somebody else. Don't, Don't forget about Aspen Park City too. Oh yeah. That's right. The head wall. <laughs> well, maybe we'll see you at uh, Tux. I don't know if they're still doing that uh, this time of year, but. Uh, yeah, we still have to do Tuckerman's. It's on the list. Perfect ski day. We got what's the elements of that? Like others said, early, early in the morning start. Uh, make sure to get the good runs. Couple beer lifts, definitely sandwiches on the lift. Good app right. That yeah. is definitely gonna come up later. So I'm glad you noted that. And finally, bucket list de- destination. Uh resort or non-resort? Oh, I like all right. Well, it's, you can name two now if they're okay. two different ones. <laughs> two different uh, I've heard I've heard amazing things about uh Kazakhstan. Apparently, there's some awesome, amazing backcountry. So I would say, like, for non-resort, that's what I would pick. And then uh, Revelstoke is very high on my list. Bucket, gotcha. Bucket. All right, this is great. One more, last but certainly not least, Mike, how long have you been skiing? Where did you start? And actually, I also have notes on you. Another returning champion back on the pod. You started in seventh grade. You've been skiing for 28 years by now. And your home? Seven Springs and Hidden Valley outside of Pittsburgh. Seven Springs and Hidden Valley. Got it. Apre was Ranch. (laughs) Hidden Valley Ranch. Love that. I had to throw in an easy joke. (laughs) That's really funny because I actually had a a joke in a different episode around this time of year, actually. I think it was the, uh, the March Madness episode or Mogul Madness episode, and it was Buttermilk Ranch combining buttermilk ski area at, at part of Aspen's network with Granby Ranch in Colorado. And I can't exactly remember what the whole thing was, but so please keep those coming. But uh, all right, Mike, what about your favorite ski area? I'm doubting it is Buttermilk Ranch or Hidden Valley Ranch or Seven Springs. It, it, it might be the recency bias, but the, uh, the Valparaiso, the Three Valleys area has very quickly climbed the list in the States, I'd say. Big Sky and Seaboat are probably my favorite too. Favorite terrain at those locations? Steeps, trees, bumps, and off-piece 
You're, you're a D kind of guy, all of the above. <laughs> all right, perfect ski day. Is it just all those things at any of those areas at this point? I'm, I'm going to be very particular. Uh, like it has to be maybe six inches of fresh snow, bluebird day, because after getting three feet the first two days about the ends, and it was like we could barely get 15 runs in. Our legs were just so tired with three feet of snow that I want enough to, to make it fun, but not enough so that I can't do first year last year. Yeah, you're an all-day kind of skier, as as we all, I think all of our legs and knees and lower back are, are all too familiar with. Bucket list destinations, you have to limit it to one. What do you got? I'm going to go back to my uh, my my wish list place for my 40th birthday that was canceled because of COVID and say Val Nevada in Chile. We were supposed to do it, it was canceled for that summer, so still number one on the list now. All right, we will leave it there. So hopefully listeners got a sense of who our guests are. And we're going to have some fun this evening with our Mogul Madness third annual bracket challenge. But first, the theme of today's episode is New England Powderhounds, past, present, and future. The goal of today's episode and the ensuing trivia games is to select the group trip for next winter season. At the very least, provide a compelling option. Now, unlike Charles Dickens' Three Ghosts in A Christmas Carol, we will kick things off out of order and start with a brief recap of the New England Powderhounds present. You all just returned from the annual group ski trip in France at one of the largest ski complexes in the world, Les Trois Valley, otherwise known as the Three Valleys. There are four of you. Give us the top four highlights. What do you got? La Folie Douce. <laughs> Après. <laughs> <laughs> Apre number one, if this was a uh, family feud. Ding! <laughs> All right, the Apre oh. scene I heard was pretty epic. A lot of people dancing on bar tops. Maybe that was the actual entertainment or customers. <laughs> it, it was absolutely insane. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. The fact that you could only get there by skiing, by chairlift. Oh my and God. there's no way to get it down without skiing back down the mountain. Like this is literally a mid-mountain rager happening at two o'clock in the afternoon was just absolutely insane ski there but you gotta ski home the carnage is outrageous drunk people everywhere falling <laughs> down all over themselves people watching number two we haven't got to the skiing yet guys how about the uh how about the skiing i saw some videos you posted in the group chat amazing dumping yeah. snow so good Terrible visibility, but the snow and the one true bluebird day we got in the morning was just outrageously wonderful. And all the champagne was also not Ooh. a terrible thing there. All right. We're going to specifically call that out, champagne. It's a theme over the last couple uh, episodes, actually. Champagne keeps coming up in uh, skiing conversations, so I think That's it's its own, its own category now. Even a Bloody Mary category, I think, as well. Ooh, yes. Ooh, reminds yeah. me of Stratton. Yeah, we will dive back to Opry Ski in the Bracket Challenge game in the Final Four. But this was a great primer, so thank you for sharing. I'm glad you all had a wonderful time, and we will continue the conversation shortly. Bottom line, Three Valleys is a bucket list trip. Before we continue, a little bit more about the theme of three. Again, that's past present, and future, the New England Powderhound ski family. So before we get into the games, 
What three factors are most important to you to consider going to a ski area? Say if you've never been. I'm going to give you six options. Average annual snowfall, skiable acres, summit elevation, vertical drop, lift network, or trail system. And in no particular order, I'm going to keep the order, actually. Kate? Average snowfall. Okay. Trail system. And You said elevation. lift system? Average annual snowfall, lift system, elevation. All right. Mary, what do you got? What are your three? Average annual snowfall, skiable acres. I think I'll go with the trail system as number three. I love this. They're all different. I actually wasn't sure that they would be. All Wait, right, Tim, what, what do you got? No, no going backsies. No, I said trail system, and then I think I accidentally said left system. So. Oh, okay. All right, we'll change the trail system. Okay. I heard trail system. Okay. Got it. Tim, what do you got? What are your three? Uh, I will do average annual snowfall, vertical drop, and trail system. All right. Mr. Gans, bring us home. I, I can't believe everybody's not saying elevation as the primary. Like the Valderans was so high, despite the fact that like the lower valleys had no snow whatsoever. It was perfect up there, even though they had no, you know, limited snowfall this year. Definitely elevation number one, number two, skiable acreage, and then after thirty gondolas, tramps, hotels, <laughs> and only one T-bar and no load, no slow lifts. It's got to be the, the lip network. Oh, man, that was amazing. <laughs> okay, good. All right. It, I, I do like the uh, the elevation, you know, like in the mm -hmm. in the future of mm -hmm. climate change mm -hmm. and snowfall. That's a good, good call, Mike. Well, this is going to be very interesting how it shakes out a little later. But before we get there, we're going right into the games, guys. Ready to go? Game one, good. the past. We're going back in time. Format of the game is name that ski area. We're doing this for seeding for game three, the later game, the bracket game. So you're going to try to just accumulate points by getting the correct answer here. I'm going to name something associated with a ski area from a past group trip. First one to guess the correct ski area gets one point. If you guess wrong, you cannot guess again until everyone's had a chance to guess to try to keep it a little fair. I don't like that thumbs down, Kate, but that's okay. No question. Oh, yeah, go ahead. And what year did these ski trips start? And is it only powder hounds? Is it pre certain people joining? What's the time frame that we need to stretch Ooh. our brains around? And oh, that's good. Do I need to start doing while I'm trying to answer these questions? Yeah. Ever since, so I think we're just going back 2016 or so. Okay. Yeah, not too far back. Oh, I should just say there's seven total ski areas. Maybe that'll that'll help. Here we go. I'm gonna give you Maybe. two hints. Oh, yeah, do, we just shout, do we just shout it out or what are we like buzzing? Shout in? it out from the rafters, man. Do we right. need each other? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, I'm going to have to listen really hard to see who buzzed in first. But I have two hints in the event you don't immediately get the first one. Um, so here we go. Neighbor of Lawson's Brewery. The Jitney. Hey! <laughs> All right, Mike's on the board. That would be Sugarbush. Uh, the Jitney is your little open-aired transportation vehicle from the parking lot. And uh, yeah. And Lawson's all, nearby. Yeah. Also to the power house condos right before the access room. That is accurate. 
a little fun fact for those listening, and even the guests on the episode may not know this, but the Powderhounds Road, right off the Access Road, was the inspiration for the name of this podcast, as well as my dog, which is a hound. Great. So we're on the board, Mike. One point. Next up, Kings and Queens, Big Red. Corbett's Jackson Ball. Uh, I got to give it to Mike because he said the right ski area, but Tim knew what the Kings and Queens was the annual freestyle event going into Corbett's Kolar at Jackson Hole. But I got to give Gans the point. I know. Really? I know. We need to get buzzers. There'll be buzzers maybe <laughs> the next time we do this. All right, next up, ski area number three, Siberia Bowl. Johnny Mosley's home when not eating pizza and taking uh -oh. a Kate. Yes. Kate on the board. Well yeah it, it counts because we skied down the peak and we, we we popped around a little bit uh palisades tahoe is uh, what i was going for yeah, yeah. siberia bowl. technically didn't ski there well the no <laughs> they they changed it after we went but <laughs> gotta go back yeah but fun fact i saw johnny mosley eating a slice of pizza on my birthday at the airport which is why i actively remembered why that <laughs> which is also why i put that as the second clue because i thought that was okay. pretty wonderful when that happened here number four Formerly named the Canyons, which was part of the American Ski Company in the late 90s. Second clue. Most ski Park City. I think Mike got it. Park City. Taking a commanding lead, but don't worry. Points double in the next game. Next up, skier number five. Buddies run. Strawberry Hills Hot Springs. Steve up. That was, was There's that a delay on our end. <laughs> I think, I, I don't, yeah, it kind of came in at the same time. Can I get a third party to verify? Who got that one? Mike doesn't deserve it. <laughs> All right, Tim's on the board. This is a group dynamics here. All right, skier number six. One more to go after this. Kale salad with peanut butter sauce. Oh, White nice. House Cafe. Come White on. House. <laughs> got it. Yes. He got it. The chicken yes. sandwich. Killer. <laughs> Didn't even have to get to the X Games. That was going to be the second clue. All right, Kate's uh, two points. And then finally... We already talked about it, so you could probably just say this out loud. Ram Charger 8, Lone Peak. Big time. All right. All right. It was very surprising to hear it was three three number ones and a number two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interestingly, I always like to love to share this fun fact. The Ram Charger 8, each chair costs more than a Porsche. $120,000 for each chair and the Ram Charger 8. And they're putting even more new lifts, a whole new lift network system in. Uh, beginning, I think, next season and uh, over the next two seasons, all the way up to Lone Peak. All right, so that was uh, the lightning round game one. We have Mike with four, Kate with two, and Tim with one. And we're going to go right into game two, the present this ski season. So <laughs> we are still in the present. Ski season still happening. I want to be in that mindset because we are going to do a quick dive into the phenomenal Les Trois Valleys. The Three Valleys in the legendary Tarantaise Valley, home to Valtherens, Maribel, and Courchevel. Quote, this is the place to come if you want to consort with the rich and famous or you want to join the fur-adorned ladies strutting down the street with a little dog tucked under their arm. Having said that, the skiing here can be so epic for beginners and experts alike that any self-respecting snow seeker should visit at least once in their powder-seeking lives, end quote. Now that's from powderhounds.com. We have no relationship with them, although certainly like to and probably should. 
Guys, does that sum it up accurately? Minus the dogs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just big dogs on leashes instead of uh, small big dogs, dogs under arms. running free across the mountain, which is wild. Yeah, but yes, that bluebird day, like going all the way down through the valleys to Gorshavel, amazing. Mm. All right, all Very right. Sweet. Well, we're gonna relive it briefly. We got four uh, questions. Bon bonus points for your pun around summit. Just got to call that out. Ah, there's a lot of those that are littered throughout here. I may or not remember to catch them, but I appreciate if you all do. And I'm going to give you an extra point, Tim, for pointing it out. Oh, brown noser. No, no, no. All right. I'll put a question mark if that point comes into play later. All right. Four <laughs> of you, four questions. Each question is worth two points. I should also say there is, I forgot to mention this earlier, but there are two hidden themes throughout the remaining two games, uh, one of which obviously is in this game. So a hidden, hidden theme, and the hint of that is all four questions have something in common. Of course, that's a very broad, not very helpful hint, but it'll make sense later. Question number one, multiple choice. What is the highest ski resort village in Europe? A, Chamonix. B, Courchevel, C, Maribel, or D, Val Thorens. Everybody gets a guess. We'll keep that same order so we don't forget what we're doing. Kate? I'm going to go D. All right, Kate's going D. Mary? D. Tim? D, Val Thorens. Mike, are you going for the sweep? Okay, Mont, Mont Blanc is higher, but Chamonix is lower in elevation for the town that's below it, so I'm going to Val Thorens. You are correct. You all get two points. Congratulations. Question number two, also multiple choice. How many lifts does Courchevel have? A, 28, B, 39, C, 47, or D, 58? Kate. B. Mary. I got to go with B as well for just Courchevel. Tim. I'm going to go C. Ooh. All right, finally deviating from the crowd. I love it. All right, Mike, what do you got? Uh, go a. Amazing. Everybody's wrong. It was D, 58. <laughs> what? Whoa. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mike <laughs> sold that lift network, so we shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, even, didn't even find them all. Probably 12 magic carpets just to scoop people around that they're counting. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's oh, it's true. just for the dogs, moving the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. No points awarded, but that's okay. We're going to keep going. Question number three. This is pick a number. No All right. So everybody picks a number. Closest Wait, wins. Price, price is right rules? Yeah, unlike, right? Unlike Price is right, you can go over. Okay. Keep it really interesting. Nobody gets disqualified. In 1938, Maribel installed its first lift. What was the lift's carrying capacity? So again, I'm looking for a number. Eight. People wait. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. That's the question. <laughs> I'm guessing you, this is a, a people per hour metric. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was going to go with 58. I'll say 66. 200. Ugh, 71. Mary gets it. 31. Woo! Yeah, the first lift at Maribel was a Kelly Trenu. A 31-seat sled pulled by a fixed cable built in 1938. It carried skiers 6,233 feet, but only functioned for one winner. How about that? That's my <laughs> giant sled. <laughs> like a party sled. You drink on the way up. 
<laughs> That's what you need to pull you down from fully news. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I uh Cranmore up in New Hampshire, they actually had the snowmobile lift where it actually kind of I think maybe one person or two people could sit in like what kind of looked like a snowmobile seat. And uh they took their skis off, I think. Maybe they left them on, I can't remember. Yeah, anyway, it kind of made me think of that, although I didn't actually look for pictures of what a Helitrenu looks like. All right, Mary, got the got those points. Sneak up the leaderboard here. Question number four, final one, multiple choice. Which of the three ski areas is known for the non-ski activity? Tiroliens, the flying fox zipline that would make, quote, even the Swiss smile, end quote. A, Chamonix, B, Courchevel, C, Maribel, or D, Val Thorens. Kate. D. Mary. D, Val Thorens. Mike and Tim. Same. D. All right, everybody gets a point. Yeah, you guys all knew that because you went there. But uh, yeah, this is for those listeners that may not know. And if you need another reason to go check out the Three Valleys because you haven't been convinced yet, the altitude on departure is... 3,230 meters, which translates to 10,527 feet. And from the GoPro video I watched someone doing it, it is really, really high up there. Really high. <laughs> really high. And you yeah. do it with your skis strapped to your back. Right. And it says age appropriate from 8 to 88. Yeah. The speed is from 65 to 105 kilometers. Yeah, this is this looks like insane. So um, I'm glad you're all back, I guess, and no one did that. And maybe you did. Did someone do that? Were you even considering doing that? Consider uh, the Rory and Liam wanted to do it, but there was an age and weight restriction. And then the other day it was closed because of the lightning. Yep. Yeah. Oh. oh, boy. Well, next time. All Can right. Yeah, sure. Do we do multiple choice? How many hours did Jeff spend researching Valtorens in this area of the world to come up with these questions and those for the past segment? <laughs> I would say D, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus question. All right. Hidden theme question is really what it is. So mm -hmm. I said earlier, there's a th hidden theme. All the questions had something uh, in common. Uh, does anyone have any idea what that was? Valtorens. Valtorens. Sort of, but that's not, it's not quite accurate. <laughs> Three Valleys. Yeah, no, that was definitely the theme, but um, yeah, it was subtle. It's super subtle, uh, but it's going to make sense in a second. So the hidden theme, four questions of the multiple choice. All of the answers were D. There were four questions for D. 40. 40 years old? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the backstory there, listeners, uh, Mike uh, did point out that I think a few of the Powderhounds had big birthdays coming up. I'm not going to name who. 40 years old, and maybe, just maybe, they should have some input on the group trip. So here we are, and we're going to get some of those fingerprints perhaps on the trip. So Happy early 40th birthday to those who will not be named. All right. So game two, we got, I'm thinking, I'm looking at four points for everybody but Mary, who got six points. So I think our subtotal here would be Mike with eight, Kate with six, Tim with five or six, 
We're going to go five, so we don't have the same uh, number. And Mary with, <laughs> with six. This is what's going to happen. We are going into game three, the main event, the future, our masked mogul madness bracket challenge. <laughs> All right. So the mogul madness game will select the group trip for next season, but with a twist, as I as you probably picked up, the brackets could be masked. So you're actually not going to know the ski areas that you're going to be picking. Uh, I will reveal them once the ski area is eliminated. That's what's going to happen. Uh, the tiebreaker, exactly. Oh, not even planned. Love that. Uh, the tiebreaker. So if two of you pick one mask gear and the other pick the other one, I'm not going to break the tie. I, I just thought that the person who had the most points after game, games one and two did, breaks the tie. That would be Mike. Does that seem like that's the right way to proceed? Should we have a tiebreaker situation? Uh, I think we should let Birthdaykins decide. Well, I didn't want to out anybody. So unless <laughs> those people want to step up to the plate and be the tiebreakers, I'll just leave that there. It might not happen. So this might not come up. Maybe it'll be, it, it won't come up. But if it does, you all have to somehow figure out which one to advance. So we'll leave it there for now. Also, this is hidden theme number two is in game three. Uh, the hint, all skiers have something in common. Again, terrible, terrible hint. Very broad, not helpful at all, but it will all make sense snow. at the end. <laughs> yes, but that's not what I'm looking for. So for seeding, we're going to take turns applying, again, your number one skier statistic with the top seeds available. All skiers are available right now, right? So that's how we'll go, and I'll fill it in. All skiers. Oh, no, no, no. Not all ski areas. That would be quite a bracket. 481 ski areas. No, this is a 10-team or 10-ski area bracket. So again, uh, just to be crystal clear, if vertical drop, say, was your number one stat, right, and it's your turn, I'm going to go over and see which ski area is left at the top vertical drop, and that's going to get the highest remaining seed. That makes Got sense, it. right? Okay. And then seeding-wise... The higher seeds maybe have the most likelihood of advancing. Okay. This is how my brain works. Isn't this so fun? And just like the recent NBA playoff expansion and the NCAA's tourney's first four, which Pittsburgh was successfully victorious in, uh, congratulations, Mike, there will be a plan round. So you're saying there's a chance, Joe. Yes. We're going Mike first. You're saying and then... there's a chance. Exactly. We got Mike with eight and then tied. Uh, Mike had the first one, right? So the number one seed, his number one stat was elevation, okay? So again, we're not. I'm not going to go down the list when it's his turn again. I'm just going to keep using that statistic. That's how we're going to do this, all right? So the number one seed gets is the one that has the most elevation, okay? So then we go to Kate, and she said average snowfall. Then we go to Mary with also same amount of points. I figure we'll just go alphabetically for, for this, this point uh, with you two tied with points. Also said average snowfall. So Tim said same of the remaining we got. I feel like average snowfall is such a tough one too. It's like elevated. Would it, it uh, Tahoe? get it this year and then there's other years where they like are closed in march because they didn't get any because they dropped too it's just so crazy yeah average is is like a bad metric yeah 
Right, right. That's why this is so interesting. Yes. The masked bracket is made. Woo! Yes. <laughs> All right. So decider number two is the stat number two from the top. Okay. So what we're going to do is for the masked, masked play-in game, this is number 10 seed versus number seven seed, and then number eight seed versus number nine seed, we're going to use your second stat to advance the ski area. So for number seven versus number 10, Kate's second most important stat is trail system. Mary's is acres, skiable acres. Tim's was vertical drop. Mike's was skiable acres. So skiable acres, 2,847 for our number 10 seed. Number seven seed is 2,300. So the 10 seed has more skiable acres. So that's two right there. Two points for the 10 seed. And then vertical drop, 4,000 feet for the 10 seed versus 3,100 for the 7 seed, which means the number 10 seed advances. Ooh, an upset. Which means we've eliminated. <laughs> the team has eliminated Crystal Mountain and Washington State. Ooh. Down goes Crystal. Poor Crystal. Sorry, Rock Crystal. Playing game number two, number eight seed versus number nine seed. Again, same statistics being used. Kate trail system, Mary and Gan Skeeble Acres, and Tim Vertical Drop. Let's start with the Skeeble Acres, since that is the commonality for two people. 1,685 for the number eight seed versus... 2,154 for the number nine seed. Ooh. Early lead for that number nine seed. And let's go back to Kate's trail system. Let's see how they match up. So the number eight seed has 88 trails. The number nine seed has 121 trails, which means another Cinderella story. Which means you've just eliminated Red Mountain in British Columbia. Bye bye. Bye bye. All curious, right. Curious what the vert what the vert comparison was. You don't have to tell us the mountains, but yeah, I know, right? So the vertical drop of the one that was just eliminated red is two thousand nine hundred nineteen feet versus I'm not going to name it three thousand four hundred feet. So All right. lucked out there. Yeah. How about that? All right, here we go. We are in the Elite Eight. The decider signature run. Now that we have our elite eight bracket, we're going to use the ski area signature run to determine what ski area advances. The signature trails are mostly from the book, 100 Slopes of a Lifetime, as well as from skibums.net. Here we go. Which, uh, which seed matchup would you like to start with? We have a number one versus a number nine. We have a number four versus number five, number three versus number six, and a number 10 versus a number two. What are you guys feeling? Middle of the bracket, top of the bracket? Three, six. All right, three, six. Here we go. Number three, Snow Rodeo. The mountain's most famous thigh-burning descent is lift-accessed and groomed. The trail, which winds down from the top of the ski area's highest lift all the way to the base of the mountain, is beloved for its views. The massive, ice-covered Columbia River in the valley and snow-capped peaks on the horizon. It's a wide-open, steep upper section 
with all 2,600 vertical feet of it encouraging high-speed turns. It's aptly named. If you let it go, you'll go really fast and catch lots of air over blind rollers. It's a total rodeo, and all you can do is hang on. That would be your number three seed. Or your number six seed, <clears throat> Cirque Bowl. Dropping into the Cirque Bowl can be spicy. Skiers who are after the ski area's steepest shot can descend straight off the top of the peak through 50-degree, 200-foot vertical lines in between rime-covered rock pinnacles. Those who prefer an easier entry can simply ski under the chairlift and traverse into wide-open 35-degree bowl, making big, sweeping turns through snow-covered lava fields for 800 vertical feet. Cirque Bowl versus at the number six seed or Snow Rodeo, number three seed. Okay, love a groomer, but I want Cirque Bowl. Okay, one for Cirque. Mary. Cirque Bowl, you got me at Lava Flow. <laughs> Tim and Mike. I'm always for, for hiking the bulls, so I'm going to go Cirque as well. The goat. <laughs> Gans, you can't stop this train. I think it ran away. You know, and anytime I think of a rodeo and skiing, I just think of the the views of Paul trying to rope to the fake, to the fake, <laughs> and a steamboat. Yes. Sure, I was going to vote for the rodeo one, but I am all gone here. Okay, so the number six seed advances. The vote was Cirque Bull. Obviously, I'm not going to reveal that <clears throat> ski area, but I will tell you who you eliminated the snow rodeo. Rebel Stoke. Oh. Oh, no. Bye. <laughs> like wild card? Is there like, can we come back? <laughs> ah, the cruel, cruel. And Tim actually asked for this matchup, which is really ironic. Um, <laughs> maybe there's always some, there's always some spice in Jeff Shaw's game. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll put a pin in that. Uh, give me another uh, matchup here. We got number two versus number 10, number five versus number four, or number one versus number nine. Four or five. I did not know about Snow Rodeo, but I've I've heard of uh, Kill the Banker, which is also at Revelstoke. Oh, well, Ooh, you have to take a picture of that. Jeff, man. Do you know how many runs there are at that area? <laughs> I've looked at the trail map. I've looked over the trail map many times. Don't believe I saw that. But it's in, oh, I'm going to. What was the name of it again, Tim? I think it's called Kill the Bank Banker. Roll? Oh, Kill the Banker. Kill the, kill the Banker. Oh, yeah. There it is. Clear as a bluebird day. A double black diamond, lookers left, directly under the revelation chair. How the hell did I miss that? <laughs> All right, back to the number five or number four. We're starting with the number five seed, Cinderella Story. Here we go. Dave's Run, also known as Dave's Wave, since the profile of the north-facing trail resembles a large ocean wave. Dave's Run is a beloved black diamond run because west-northwest winds buff the surface into a velvety texture, allowing for smooth, high-speed turns all the way down treeless, 42-degree, 500-vertical-foot trail. The run ends at the Gold Hill, an easy cruiser to the Cloud Nine Express, or to Solitude, a quick blue with access to Mid-Mountain Bar, the Basin Bar. That's your number five seed, or your number four seed, Upper International, which looks like the gateway to the Back Bulls of which there are no designated trails or runs. The train is for hotshots, adventurers, and powderhounds alike. The skiing can be as tough as you desire, with backcountry offering plenty of cliffs and collars. 
So that's your number four seed versus the number five seed. So again, upper international, number four seed versus the number five seed, Dave's run. Kate? I'm going to play conservative and go Dave's run. Okay, one for Dave. Upper international. All right, mixing it up. One point for each. Tim? I'm going to go hot shots, upper international. All right, Mike, you're going to block for the tie and get us into our first tie break scenario, or are you going to go with upper international? Get into the back bowls, international. Oh, wow, another <laughs> surprise here. Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. All right, number four seed advances. You guys just eliminated Mammoth Mountain in California. <sighs> we got number one seed versus number nine or number two versus number ten. Two and ten. Tanchin Bowl. The extreme dream zone catches the snow nicely and has a variety of below tree line terrain. The tree skiing is impressive, with the showpiece being Tanton Bowl, which is a large zone of challenging terrain, formerly heli ski terrain. It is a backcountry style skiing that is in bounds. Due to the elevation aspect, the snow quality is good. The shoots of the bowl are subalpine at the top, and then as the vegetation becomes thicker, the bowl provides some great tree skiing. Downsides are that the runout is painfully long and arduous, and it requires three lifts to get back up to the top. And seriously, the trail map of the ski area is long and arduous. That's my uh, editorial comment. Uh, number, number two seat, Christmas shoot. The train first opened in 1994, and although all the lines inside this bowl will take skiers and riders on a wild ride, Christmas shoot, named for the time of year when the trail typically opens, is a fan favorite. The nearly 1,500 vertical foot run is billed as the longest, continuous, double black diamond run in North America. In January and February, because the sun doesn't touch the trail during those months, it's frequently filled with deep, light powder, can also be wind buffed, chalky, and technical. No matter how you get it, it will test your skills. Do we get that Christmas shoot or Tanton Bowl? Uh, we can mix it up. Let's mix up the order just because Kate, maybe, I don't know, she's setting the tone a little bit here. So let's go Gans. I've uh, been there, done that with the Christmas shoot, done it a few times actually, and uh, one of my favorite runs. But let's mix it up and do something different. All right, so you're going with Tanton Bowl and yeah. Christmas shoots. Are you talking about the ones in Steamboat, or are you just talking yeah. about you know the skier? <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right, Tim, what do you got? I am also going to uh, go with Tanton Bowl. I hate long runouts, but uh, right. like I like the so I like the sound of free runs. Mary, you gonna block this? Oh, Kate, big decision. First Tanton Bowl. Uh, we are avoiding. A big debate. So Tanton Bowl, I don't even know if I told you, that was the number 10 seed that had Tanton Bowl. So you guys just eliminated the number two seed, Alieska, Alaska, Ooh. gone. Ooh. Fun fact. Killing Mountain uh, Hop like the dream lists, left and right here. Yeah, I know. Well, fun, fun fact about Alieska, they were just added to Icon Pass in April. Uh, number one seed versus number nine, Main Street. One big prize for hikers has always been Main Street, since it is the ski area's hardest trail to get to, requiring, Tim, a 45-minute trek to the top of the peak. 
The ski area's highest point at 12,481 feet. The views are endless, and you have a good chance of spotting bighorn sheep. But it is mostly favored for its 1,053 vertical feet of turns down a wide-open 35-degree slope. That is Main Street, number one seed versus number nine seed, Warm Springs. What has become the ski area's signature trail, Warm Springs did not have chairlift access until 30 years after the resort opened. That didn't stop skiers from sampling the terrain, many of whom were so enticed by the 35-degree steeps and the 3,200 vertical foot descent that they were willing to trek all the way to the top of 9,150-foot peak. These days, a high-speed quad takes you to the top of Warm Springs where you'll find different conditions depending on time of day. A.M., carved cordery, B, or P.M., bathe in sunshine. So again, you have a number nine seed, Warm Springs versus number one seed, Main Street. We'll start with Tim this time. I'm going to do Main Street. I grew up on Main Street. Mary. Warm Springs. Kate. Main Street. All right, Gans. Are you going to block Mary. it? Main Street. Wow. All right. No, still don't have one tie break. Main Street advances. Again, that would be your number one seed. You guys eliminated a number nine seed. Sun Valley in Idaho. Oh. We are in the final four. So again, you've eliminated Sun Valley, Mammoth, Revelstoke, and Alyeska. So it's like ski sundown and the one that Mary started on reopening, right? Yeah, balsams. <laughs> we're going to get the balsams open for this. Too many peaks going to get it. So we're down to our final four. I'm going to read you a description of the Opre ski scene and you pick what sounds better. Ooh. That'll be your selection to advance the ski area. Nice. Yes, that's the decider. You want to start with the number one versus number four or the number six versus number 10? One and four. The Bavarian. When you're ready for an immediate Opre drink, make your way to the base of Lift 4 to find a tasty beer at our German-inspired Alpine Ski Lodge. Let us be clear, there's no need to leave the ski hill for a refreshing drink. Gotta love the convenience. <laughs> what? And Commonwealth. Part of the new past life community at the ski area, Commonwealth offers awesome pub fare for Opre, ordered grilled jalapenos, the 906 burger, or Glondo's sausage, and match it with one of Drew Brew's beers. Drew Brew, tucked next to Commonwealth, Drew Brew's Brewery and Taproom offers European-inspired session beers. All right, so we got Commonwealth or, or the Bavarian. Very different. I got to be clear. Very different vibe. What sounds best to you, uh, Mary? Oh, I don't like either of those options. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll go with the first one, the Bavarian. We got one for the Bavarian. Uh, Bavarian, but you really didn't sell either. And I feel like you need to have like find the jingles or, you know, mm. like some some real marketing dub. I did forget to say the Bavarian offers traditional German beers and steins and German style pretzels, goulash and brats. Pretzels had me then? You had me at pretzels. Was that from Miss Congeniality also? Oh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Gans, does anything Neither. sound good to you? Neither, Neither of these sound like the bully juice. So, but I'm going to go with the very <laughs> All right. All right. So, our number one, uh, well, for the record, Tim, do you want to throw out? Are you joining? I will, I will round it out, the Bavarian. All right. All right. Everyone's in. Okay. 
uh, what do they call that? The best of the worst? Yeah, it's like our elections. <laughs> the worst, like WURST. <laughs> <laughs> you guys eliminated Summit at Snoqualmie in Washington. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. All right, one more matchup before we get to our final championship bracket here. No love, no love for Washington. Snoqualmie and Crystal. Out. They're out. They're out. They're out. <laughs> Clearing Rock Bar, a.k.a. Mm. The Rock, in West Village Lodge, with a roaring fire pit and unbeatable views of the mountain out on the large deck, the Clearing Rock Bar is the locals' go-to when it's time to grab a cold one. Enjoy over 15 rotating taps featuring the state's best craft brews, a selection of regional wines, or a winter warmer off our inspired cocktail menu. The season's dining menu features some mouthwatering quick appetizers and entree options, including our mountain high nachos and steak frites, Check out our full menu offerings for the upcoming winter season. I probably didn't need to read that sentence. All right, so that is your number six seed. And the number 10, the tea bar and grill in the Pine Inn opens noon until 1 a.m. This is a happening place for the young and young at heart with cheap meals, music, and plenty of atmosphere. Menu items include nachos, burgers, steaks, and other ingestion-inducing menu items such as meatloaf surrounded by bacon. I just pulled this off. I didn't write this. <laughs> I just put it out there. But that is those are your <laughs> options. Okay. We got the T bar and grill or <laughs> clearing rock, aka the rock. I think we left off at Tim. All right. I'm gonna go bacon meatloaf, T bar. Which way are we going? We're going I think Mary. Yeah, we'll go that way. Mary. I think you said they're open at 1 a.m. So T bar. T bar. All right, Kate. I like my abs with T bar. Wow, T bar. Just swept it. Mike? I'm not young and I'm not young and hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is a clean sweep for the T bar, which means, oh my God, no way. This is too funny. Which means the number 10 seed advances. Number 10 seed is the T bar and grill. That means you eliminated Mount Bachelor in Oregon. Mm -hmm. So we're down to our number uh, one seed versus the number 10 seed. So really, Ooh. Cinderella's story is still in play here. Where's my champagne offering here, Jeff? I'm <laughs> feeling like underrepresented, like, you know. Well, I got the champagne powder hat I'm sort of promoting, subtly anyway. Mm -hmm. So this is where all roads kind of come back to the beginning. To decide the championship, uh, the winner of the bracket, we are going to use the third and final ski area statistic you picked at the beginning to review and that was a while ago Kate, you picked elevation mary picked trail system tim also picked trail system and mike picked the lift network so trail system is going to be a huge factor right now number one seed has 110 number 10 seed has 120 so number 10 C is looking pretty strong right now, got to say. <laughs> All right, elevation. Let's look. Number one has 12,450. That is quite strong versus 7,000. Number one seed is still alive, folks. We are in overtime, okay? This is unprecedented Cinderella story run. Going to Mike Gann's Lyft Network for the final comparison. Mike also holds the tiebreaker thanks to his eight-point total in games one and two. Meaning, if the current score of two points for the number 10 seed and one point for the number one seed 
end up as a 2-2 tie. Mike Stat, Lift Network, decides the winner of the bracket and the group ski trip destination. Number one seed has 15 lifts. Number mm-hmm. 10 seed has nine lifts. That means the number one seed has defeated the number 10 seed on a buzzer beater. You eliminated number 10 seed Panorama, also in British Columbia, which means the winner of the 2023 third annual Masked Mogul Madness Bracket Challenge is Taos, New Mexico. Oh, Taos! So there you go. Uh, that was our bracket challenge. Again, uh, hopefully this is a compelling scary to put up there. But I also want to go back and say hidden theme question number two. Did anyone pick up anything? I actually did sort of blow it at one point. But uh, did anyone pick up what the commonality was? It's probably so obvious that it probably doesn't even to be said. But 4D. <laughs> 4D. That was the first one. The second one was what all these skiers have in common. Nothing? Icon? Yes, Kate got it. So you get two extra points. Awesome. Yeah, they're all an icon pass. Yeah, I blew it when I said, I didn't think, it, I just said, blurted it out. Yeah, Alyeska just joined the icon pass two weeks ago. Ah. But you guys didn't pick up on it maybe initially, so that's great. I did have one bonus thing here, only because we did earn some points over the first two games. Kate just got two more, so she's actually tied with Mike now. They both yeah, have coming for you. They both have eight. So Mary is six. Tim is five. You're all right there. I call this bonus game final Jeff Purdy, uh, and it's really ridiculous, but it's also great. We can settle a true champion of this game right now. I have actually two questions, one of which I came up came up with uh, during March Madness. Uh, the other one I came up with like this week, so I thought it actually made a lot more sense and just was a little bit more timely. So what I'll do is the two themes, there are two options. I'm going to give you one question, so you're going to pick which theme sounds more interesting to you. First theme was the NCAA tournament. The second theme was Happy 40th. So just like Jeopardy, TV game show, you're going to wager a set amount of your points. Uh, maybe you could text me or maybe type in the chat what you want to do so no one else knows what you're going to do. And once you all do that, I will then read the question. I have three hints for you to get the answer. And then if Kate wins, she's going to get a bottle of champagne. So would you rather a question about the NCAA tournament, which has concluded to <laughs> straight up no. All right. Happy birthday is going to be the question. I think I just heard you say, go UConn, the five-time national champions, uttered with equal enthusiasm from all of you. And there they are, all of your wagers for final Jeopardy. Here's a question. What icon partner resort in this Mogul Madness Bracket Challenge has a trail name that includes the number 40. We named the skier already. It was in the bracket. So you've heard it. It's nothing new. Hit number one, Powder Highway. Hit number two, yeah, that whole thing. Passport required. And hit number three, I said it in the first sentence of the podcast. Hit number one, Powder Highway. Hit number two, Passport Required. And hit number three, I said it in the first sentence of the podcast. So answers on the chat. 
All right, the answers are in. I like what I'm seeing here, folks. <laughs> All right, the answer. Three of you got it. It's Revelstoke. God damn it. <laughs> the Stoke. Yeah. <laughs> Mike bet three of his eight. Tim bet five of his five. But our wild card and champion tonight, <laughs> Kate, bet all eight. Oh. For a grand total of 16 points. Congratulations, Kate. All right. A bottle hey. of champagne is headed your way. <laughs> Probably not tonight, but soon. Excellent. All right. Thank you guys so much for hanging in there tonight and playing our bracket challenge game. I should probably tell you the answer, actually. There was actually a question, uh, the final Jeopardy, Jeopardy question. The name of that 40 trail, top 40 glades and back 40 glades. That would be skiers right off the ripper chair. So if we okay. end up going to Revelstoke, we have now two trails to take a picture next to. I, I really combed over the trail map and I did not see that. That would have, I would have definitely written that down if I had yeah. seen that. Okay. And yes, I actually gave away the answer in the first sentence. Uh, reveling in the stoke. That was all you all who are such good sports. So again, congratulations, Kate, the winner, 2023 Mogul Madness, our third annual. Thank you all. You're welcome back anytime. Looks like it's four o'clock. Time to catch the last chair. Thank you for listening. Have a question, comment, or correction? Email me at powderhoundskitrivia at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at powderhoundskis. Better yet, subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast Manager, Verbal, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just type Powderhounds Podcast. Until next time, see you on the slopes, Powderhounds. Powderhounds.